Welcome to a podcast about wealth and life. We all know that our finances play a big part in how we live our lives. In this podcast, the advisors from Foster and Motley share insights and information about investment and financial planning topics and how they connect to your life. Foster and Motley is not affiliated with any third-party providers. Any mention of a third-party provider does not imply an endorsement of that provider. If you decide to utilize a third-party provider, you do so at your own risk. The ads for Medicare are everywhere. Television, radio, online, even in your mailbox. What's the big deal, you ask? Medicare is a federal health insurance program, and it likely will become your coverage when you turn 65. But it isn't as simple as that. Foster and Motley's Dave Knee Neighbors with Marissa O'Neill of RetireMed to explain. Good morning. Thank you, Patrice, for having us and welcome to Marissa O'Neill. Excited to be with our listeners today to tackle Medicare. I always enjoy doing these podcasts and focusing on areas where I think confusion exists. And I think we may have found the pinnacle topic for confusion, <laughs> what my neighbors say and what I found out from a friend. So uh, really excited to have Marissa O'Neill with RetireMed join us today. Marissa is CEO of RetireMed. She's been with the company for more than 13 years. She's been CEO for more than uh, two years. Uh, a lot of Foster Motley clients have connected and been helped by RetireMed over the years, and they serve clients in Ohio, Kentucky, and Indiana. Welcome, Marissa, to the Foster Motley podcast. Well, thank you, Dave. Thanks for having me. Before we jump into the details, please uh, give us a little more information about yourself and Retire Med. Absolutely. Well, you summed it up quite well. The company was founded in 2007. The founder of our organization saw a need where a lot of people would call into the insurance company and say, my doctor's not in the network. What do I do? And they would probably should just find a new insurance company, but they would tell him to find a new doctor. So he left and started a company where we work with all of the popular Medicare plans in the region and just base our recommendations on the individual. So we work with several hundred local employers to help their employees with their transition. And we just offer our services to anyone who needs it. Fantastic. Well, good. Well, before we dive in, there's all kinds of details around uh, Medicare that we could jump into, but I'd like to first start with the alphabet soup that is Medicare. You hear about A, B, and C, and there's many other letters used beyond that. If you could, Marissa, just give us a little bit of background on parts A, B, and D, and then we'll kind of hop in from there. So part A this is the part that is no cost. Some would say it was free, but let's be honest, we've all paid taxes our whole life for it. So we've certainly paid for that. And part A is your hospitalization. So things that are important to keep in mind with that hospitalization is if you only had original Medicare, you would pay a $1,600 deductible every time you went into the hospital if you were out for 60 days. So if you went in the hospital in January and again in March and again in July, you'd pay that $1,600 deductible every single time. And then part B is your the doctor side of things. So A, hospital, B, doctors. And part B, there is premium attached. And these are based on income. So a lot of your listeners, I will say, are going to be paying more for their part B because they are higher earners and they do look back two years 
So there is some potential in the event that if someone is making less in retirement, they can apply to have their Part B premium decreased. But this is, you know, your physician side of things, outpatient procedures, blood work, et cetera. So this does have a deductible of $226 this year. And after that, it's a 20% coinsurance. Okay. Additionally, so part A and B, that's original Medicare. You know, a lot of people think A, B, C, and D. Part C is Medicare Advantage, which I know we'll talk about later. And part D is the prescription drug side of things. And there is no dental or vision included with original Medicare. If you fall down the stairs and knock out your teeth, they're going to fix you, but they're not going to make you look pretty. They don't care that much about it. So that's kind of the A, B, C, and D of Medicare. Okay, great. And I suspect for our conversation today, a lot of the focus will be on B because that's where you have kind of more decisions to make and more options. Correct. And filling in the gaps between the A and the B. Okay, great. Well, I think uh, just the word Medicare seems to cause confusion and anxiety. Uh, Just this week, I was speaking with a client who said she was fighting with Medicare and getting different (laughs) responses from everyone she spoke with. Um, I guess just help us with some of the most common misconceptions about Medicare. Well, it's just, I mean, it's incredibly overwhelming. Like Patrice said at the very beginning, I mean, you see the news you receive, the average number of mail you receive in the six months before you turn 65 is it, it used to be 150. Now it's up to 200. These, it's incredible how much these people receive prior to turning 65. Additionally, there's over 300 different plans to choose from just in this area alone. So it's it's very overwhelming. And it's also overwhelming in that some of the plans, if you're on it in Cincinnati, it might be a slightly different plan that's what's offered in Cleveland. So if your brother lives in Cleveland and says, I'm on this plan, you should enroll in it. It doesn't necessarily mean that A, it would work for you or B, it's the exact same plan offered in Cincinnati. Okay. Well, at least someone's keeping the post office busy. They just raise the price. <laughs> Very of the much so. They need the work. Well, good. Well, let's take a deeper dive into the B Medicare Part B. You know, I don't watch too much daytime TV. I know we both have young kids, so on the occasion there's a sick day, you watch daytime TV and you see all of these ads for Medicare. There's a lot of those seem like they're for advantage plans. I know there's also supplemental plans. Help us break down those two main alternatives, kind of the features of those two. Absolutely. So looking at the difference between the supplements and the advantage, the easiest way to describe it is if you enrolled in a Medicare supplement, you would pay, you know, you always have to pay for either of these options, you have to pay your Part B premium. So that's a given regardless. But for these supplements, the way it works is you pay your monthly premium. And typically these plans, you might have a small deductible, that 226 I mentioned earlier, but most of the time with these plans, you do not have any co-pays or anything when you go to the doctor. So essentially the way I like to look at it, there's no networks, no co-pays. You're essentially paying your premium and then the insurance company and the government is dealing with your healthcare moving forward. You're not going to see bills. You're not going to see things like that as long as you're paying your premium. Now with that, you do need to purchase a Part D drug plan. So I like to look at the supplements as you're paying in case you go to the doctor. So you're paying in advance. Correct. Now the Advantage plans, they work kind of completely different. You know, you get your red, white, and blue Medicare card. And if you enroll in an Advantage plan with one of the insurance companies, Anthem, Aetna, Humana, all the major carriers, 
then you would put that red, white, and blue Medicare card away. And the reason for that is because the government, Medicare, is going to pay that insurance company with which you enroll to take care of you moving forward. So the way these plans work is typically they have little to no monthly premium. A lot of them are zero premium, but you do have copays for everything you do throughout the year. So essentially you're paying when you go to the doctor versus in case you go to the doctor. But these do these plans do include your prescription drugs with your um, medical insurance. And they do include things like dental, vision. Some of these plans have over-the-counter benefits. You can go to the gym. So there there are co-pays for everything and they are network-based. So there's HMO plans where you have to go to network doctors and PPO where you can go in and out of network. So essentially supplements you're paying in case you go to the doctor, advantage plans you're paying when you go to the doctor, but you do have networks to deal with as well. Yeah. Help me a little bit with that network uh, for someone that maybe has multiple homes and they travel quite yes. a bit, which one it seems like the supplement would make more sense. I mean, the supplement's always going to be easier. I will say that there are advantage plans that are PPO where you can go in and out of network. And there okay. are advantage plans that have networks. You know, my parents, for example, have a house down in Florida and they're, they are on an advantage plan and their plan covers them in Florida as well as it does here in Ohio. So there are plans that have extended networks throughout the country. It just really depends on that. That's something to really consider when you are choosing one of these plans. That's really helpful. We do look at, we, I recommend, what are your travel plans? Are you just going on a quick vacation? That's a different situation than if you are planning to spend the winter in another location. Okay, great. Back to the mail piece of turning 65, it seems a bit creepy that everyone, every insurance company in the world knows you're turning 65 and you're being bombarded for your attention. Can you help us understand a little bit more of just the business strategy around all of the mail and the ads that you see for Medicare? So one of the things to keep in mind with Medicare is that there's over 10,000 people a day turning 65, Wow! but yeah, it's, it's significant. But there's not a ton of new employers starting businesses that need health insurance. So when you look at these large insurance companies, a lot of their stock prices and a lot of their growth is driven by the Medicare side of the business and not kind of the traditional employer benefits side that we are all we all are used to seeing. So these insurance companies have spent millions and millions and millions of dollars each month just to market to this group of individuals because they know that if they get them in, then a lot of times most people, while this isn't necessarily the right thing to do, a lot of people will enroll in a plan and just stick with that plan for the rest of their lives. Mm -hmm. So that's why you see Joe Namath and Jimmy JJ Walker and all of these individuals out there. Every fall, you can tell which celebrity has recently turned 65 because they're (laughs) starting to show up on Medicare ads seems like Joe Namath has had about 20 65th birthdays at this point. He is just, he is not going anywhere. That's for sure. We were in Florida and every time I went into my husband's uncle's house that he was on the TV, it was just, it was incredible. So that I will say though, too, as we gear up for the fall, the annual enrollment period is October 15th to the December 7th. So you'll see things really ramp up come October 1st but you'll see a steady increase starting probably around Labor Day. Okay. So there's a focus for the folks turning 65. Medicare happens throughout the year, but for those that already have a plan, we're getting ready to go into that busy season. 
Yes. If you're on a Medicare Advantage or a Part D drug plan, you can elect during the fall a different plan for the following year. So that is kind of the reason for the increased marketing in the fall. Okay. Let's focus a little bit more on paying for advice for Medicare. Certainly the, our listeners, a lot of Foster and Motley clients are used to paying directly for advice with a fee-only firm. Clearly, someone's making money, right? You're, they're spending millions of dollars a month on advertising. Do you pay directly for the advice? How does that look when soliciting help to select your plan? That's, a, that's an excellent question. The, the thing that's really important for people to keep in mind is that our clients or anyone should not have to pay for the advice. The way that this business works is that we are paid by the insurance company when we recommend a plan and an individual enrolls in it. Now, our business philosophy has always been, we're going to do the right thing for the client because even if that means that maybe we find out that they're a retired school teacher and they should go on that group retiree plan that's offered to them, we know that they have friends that are turning 65. They might have a spouse that's turning 65. So it's important for these individuals to realize that wherever they purchase their plan, it's going to be the same cost to them. So make sure that you're going to, it. you know, you're getting the assistance that you need. Because if you call the insurance company direct, they are merely going to sell you one of their specific plans. So, and it's interesting too, I'll tell you, a lot of times we have couples come to us and based on their specific needs, we might put them on separate plans. So ensuring that you can really look at a variety of options and that you're not paying anything additional because the insurance company is compensating whoever enrolls you in a plan. Yeah, that's really helpful. So it's it's not out of your pocket. So the insurance companies are paying the agents who are delivering the advice. Is there any incentive to go it alone and sort through the 200 mailers and Google what Medicare plan is best for me? Is there, Can you save any money doing that or no? You certainly won't save any money doing it that way. And I'll tell you, one of the things that we've seen over the years is we get a lot of engineers that come in with massive spreadsheets of the 200 plans, and they'll think that they really have everything figured out and they're just there to reconfirm their choice. And sometimes that's absolutely accurate, but other times, you know, there's a factor they hadn't considered. And so we'll point that out to them and they'll end up on something different that they hadn't even identified. So there's really no... There's no benefit to doing it on your own. If you can get help, I would recommend getting help. The poor engineers, it seems like we always pick on them. <laughs> we love them here at Foster and Motley. We have a lot of engineering clients, but they give us some material to pick on them. My brother's an engineer, so I feel like I can a little bit. <laughs> <laughs> well, good. Just circling back on the benefits of working with an agent. So we've discovered that it's nothing directly out of your pocket. Oftentimes, spending the time to research it yourself may not even result in the right answer. What are some of the other benefits of working with an agent? Well, you know, one thing I would really recommend if you are going to look to work with an agent is to make sure that after you enroll in a plan, they're going to work with you and help you select a plan. But after enrolling in that plan is really kind of where the journey begins. You know, if you have an issue with your health insurance when you're actively working, you can go ask your benefits or your HR department and they'll help you. And then when you enroll in Medicare and there's hundreds and hundreds of options, but your healthcare is the most critical as you age, you're kind of on your own. So I would really recommend trying to find some help where they can kind of help you to and through Medicare and help you with, you know, if there's an issue with customer service or each year that you're making sure that you're still on the right plan. 
So just revisiting what doctors you're working with, what prescriptions you're taking. Exactly. So what we, what we do is when we sit down with a client, we ask them in advance, kind of the travel question that we talked about earlier, we ask them what prescriptions they take and what doctors they see. And from there, we will show them both advantage and supplement options. Now we won't show them an advantage option if their doctors aren't in the network, of course, and we'll show them the supplement and the part D drug plans. And like I mentioned earlier, sometimes if a couple if they're taking different drugs and seeing different doctors, they might very well end up on different plans. A lot of times they still want to be on the same and that's fine, but they might end up on different plans because truly at this point, whether you're with Anthem, Aetna, or Humana or one of the other ones, it doesn't really matter all that much. It just matters that you are on the right plan for your specific needs. So I would say our initial appointment, if we're helping someone enroll in the actual Medicare as well takes a little bit longer, but an hour and a half, maybe two hours max for okay. that initial appointment. And then what we'll do is we then onboard people. We call them throughout the year, make sure that they're, have you used this benefit of your plan or, you know, do you have any questions? And then come the following year, we always check back in. Has anything in your situation changed? Are you taking any new drugs? Are you seeing any new doctors? Are you planning? Did you just purchase a place and planning to spend the winter in Florida? Those are all factors that we really look at to consider to see if a change is needed. And I will say too, that sometimes, I mean, unfortunately we've had people who call us and say, I was just diagnosed with cancer. Can you make sure that my plan, do I have the best cancer doctors in network or will this cover me for X, Y, and Z or, and we know that that's such a challenging time mentally and physically for the families that we try to kind of take care of everything we can for those folks. That's really helpful. Trying to take some stress out of an otherwise very stressful situation. Absolutely. And I will say though, we are fairly unique to kind of toot our horn a little bit. We do have a 95% client retention rate. So typically we enroll someone and they remain our client through the remainder of their life. Whereas typically most people throughout the country, it's far less than that. But we just feel that, you know, helping these people with everything after they enroll is, is just part of the job and part of what we're here for. That's really helpful. Let's talk about when to start planning for Medicare. Certainly age 65 is the magic age that's out there, but obviously you want to be planning prior to your 65th birthday. So just walk us through what our listeners should be thinking about as far as timing. So you can enroll in Medicare. So the way that it works is the month that you turn 65 is considered the month that Medicare would start. So if your birthday's on the 23rd, Medicare will start on the first of that month. So you have that month, the three months before and the three months after, which is known as the initial enrollment period. So I typically, you're going to start getting mail at 64 and a half. I would recommend that you start to take a look probably 64 and a half or so at what your options are going to be. It's been interesting because we have seen a lot more folks that are leaving employer plans and enrolling in Medicare when they're 65 and still working. And typically that's because a lot of employers now have very high deductibles, whereas Medicare typically has first dollar coverage. You know, you might have a $200 deductible, but that's a lot better than a 6,000. Now, the things that I would really recommend for your clients is for them to consider that they are probably going to be paying more for their part B. So it might make a moot point, but it is something that we sit down and look at with a lot of people just to weigh out those options. When I hear someone working past 65 and wondering about their employer coverage versus Medicare, my immediate reaction is talk to an expert. It seems like it gets really complicated really quick. 
Absolutely. And the other factor, Dave, that we get questions on all the time is if I am going to stay on my employer plan, should I enroll in part A? Because as we talked about earlier, it's no premium. And I typically tell everyone, absolutely, you should do that unless you're contributing to an HSA. I know a lot of people, if you have the ability to contribute to an HSA, do not enroll in part A because then you will no longer be able to contribute to that HSA. So that's an important factor to consider. Okay. Just another wrinkle of many that go exactly. into that decision. <laughs> can you talk to us a little bit about when you have guaranteed coverage and when you can choose to change plans and how that works with Advantage versus Supplement? So we get a lot of times people will call us and say, I'm turning 65. If I don't do something now, I'm never going to get Medicare. And that's absolutely not the case. If you are on an employer plan and it's considered qualified insurance, which the vast majority of, of employers are, and your employer has to tell you whether it is or not, you would receive guaranteed enrollment into Medicare when you choose to leave your employer's health insurance. So you don't need to worry about you know being declined or underwriting or anything like that if you are consistently on an employer's health insurance until you enroll in Medicare. So that's the important factor to keep in mind. Okay. That's really helpful. So we've talked about the folks that work past 65. Uh, let's talk about the audience that wants to retire before 65. Uh, of all of the topics that we discuss with clients, this seems to be one of the most recurring topics. I've saved enough to support myself. I don't need to work. Work is now optional for me, but boy, what am I going to do for health insurance before 65? Uh, it seems like every article I read that is changing by the year for sure. And sometimes it feels like by the day. Talk to us about the pre-65 market and what's the, the current status of that. Well, it's certainly been a roller coaster the last probably <laughs> 10 years. Some years the plans have been better than others. I will say that since COVID and some of the changes with the government, these plans have improved. Now, I'll be frank, they're not going to be the greatest insurance you're going to have, but you're going to have health insurance. So the way it works is typically these plans um, have some significant premiums and very high deductibles. So you can look at this as, you know, maybe I have a $7,000 deductible, but a $9,000 maximum out of pocket. Now, still knowing that you're looking at that, it's better than risking not having health insurance or anything. Sure. But the one factor to really consider is your modified adjusted gross income. Because these plans are based on those number, numbers for the year. So if for some reason you're preparing for retirement and you're working with your Foster and Motley advisor, you can kind of, if, if you're in a situation where you can set your income under certain levels, it would allow you to take advantage of a premium tax credit from the government. You know, I have a friend that's a CEO of a large company here in town, and she was asking me this recently. And she was saying, if I retire early, can you show me, you know, what are the different levels that my income would need to be under if my house is paid off and my cars are paid off? And wh what would I really want to draw from my retirement savings to make sure I can take advantage of this situation? So that's one thing to really consider at the end of the day, even if you're not getting a premium tax credit, at least there is health insurance that you'll have access to. It probably won't be great, but it will be there. I think for the folks that retire before 65, I think it's commonly they're surprised how much they control their income. 
you know, they yeah. don't have to take money out of their retirement accounts and you can kind of design it as you want. So even the folks with a significant net worth may find themselves in a much lower uh, tax bracket than they were when they were working. And then that feeds into the insurance decision. Absolutely, Dave. We see people come in all the time who they're kind of working with their advisor to make sure that they're savvy enough to adjust that income level to take advantage of this because it's here. You're not doing anything wrong. It's just something that it's worth it's worth looking into for sure. Yeah. And it's amazing how health insurance has bled into the tax planning part <laughs> of retirement planning because it, it used to be you go through your brackets and you figure out your if you're itemizing or taking the standard deduction. Now we're talking to clients about their health insurance premiums and their Medicare Part B surcharges. So it's uh, really an intertwined kind of analysis. Very much so. And I mean, most of the time, if you're retiring at 60, 62, 63, you know Medicare's on the horizon. So you know a better plan is going to be there soon. So it's just you're trying to bridge that time frame. So if you know that you have a high deductible plan, you know, it you live with that for a few years. Well, great. Well, Marissa, thank you so much for your time, for joining us on the Foster Motley podcast, for bringing clarity and facts to an otherwise very confusing topic of Medicare. For our listeners that want to connect with the Retire Med team, what's the best way for them to do that? Absolutely. They can go to retiremed.com. We have a whole host of information there. They can call us at 844-388-6565 or email us at advice at retiremed.com. Fantastic. Well, Marissa, thank you again for your time. Thanks, Dave. All right, Marissa, Dave, this was a great episode. Thank you. So insightful. And listeners, follow, subscribe to this Foster and Motley podcast for more just as insightful as this one. And of course, share with others you believe would be interested and could use the information. Thanks for being with us. Thank you for listening to Foster and Motley, a podcast about wealth and life. Click the subscribe button below to be notified when new episodes become available. The information discussed and posted represents the views and opinions of the guest and does not necessarily represent the views or opinions of Foster and Motley. The content has been made available for informational and educational purposes only. The content is not intended to be a substitute for professional financial advice. Keep in mind that rules and regulations are subject to change. Always seek the advice of your financial advisor or other qualified financial service provider with any questions regarding your financial planning and investments. Foster & Motley is not affiliated with any third-party providers. Any mention of a third-party provider does not imply an endorsement of that provider. If you decide to utilize a third-party provider, you do so at your own risk.